Nintendo released new details this week about its Pokemon Sleep game. During the day, players will feed their Pokemon, and at night, the app tracks users' sleep. Different sleep styles will call new Pokemon and nourish existing ones. Nintendo plans to release the game later this month. This is Pulse Check. I'm Katherine Ellen Foley. This week, the ICANN School of Medicine at Mount Sinai said it is launching the Center for Ophthalmolic Artificial Intelligence and Human Health, which will focus on advancing artificial intelligence in the field of ophthalmology. The center will study and apply AI to detect potential changes in patients' health via digital retinal images healthcare providers take during annual exams. And a new study from researchers at the Brown University School of Public Health and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation found that countries that were prepared for the pandemic actually did fare better. The work negates the perception that countries that appeared the most prepared for the pandemic performed badly during COVID-19. And it comes as the U.S. and global health leaders are debating the best measures to take to be prepared for a future pandemic. And Daniel Payne recently spoke with the head of the American Medical Association about his goals in leading one of the most influential provider groups in Washington. He's here to tell us what he learned. Hey, Catherine, thanks for having me. So you spoke with the recently inaugurated American Medical Association president, Jesse Ehrenfeld. Can you give us an idea of what kind of role the AMA plays in the healthcare landscape to start? Certainly. So the AMA is one of the more influential organizations in healthcare in Washington. They represent physicians of all sorts from all across the country, and they're regularly talking with lawmakers and policymakers about health policy. So in this moment, what are some of the challenges that doctors face due to increasing political influence on some of the spheres of healthcare, and how does that tie back to the AMA? So doctors across the country are really concerned about politics encroaching on practicing medicine. And that's something that Dr. Ernfeld talked to me about. He said that there have always been a lot of backseat drivers in medicine and they can take different forms, but that recently it's been a lot of lawmakers who are trying to legislate different types of care, particularly things like access to abortion or gender affirming care. So these are issues that doctors are more concerned about now, I think, than they have been in the past. And it's certainly something that the AMA trying to represent doctors in Washington is keeping a close eye on. Yeah, absolutely. Would you say that those are some of Ehrenfeld's top priorities for his tenure with the AMA or is he looking elsewhere? It certainly is a big priority, but I also think it's being balanced with this moment that we're in. The AMA is really focused on sort of tapering out of the pandemic and where we go from here, that the last three years have really turned a lot of healthcare on its head and physicians are trying to figure out how to recover, how to go forward, how to take lessons learned from the past years and put them into action. So the AMA has released sort of recovery plan for doctors and an agenda to try to help doctors recover. And that includes integrating telehealth in a way that makes sense according to their experience or addressing mental health concerns and burnout within the field. And certainly payment reform is coming up quite a lot as well. How much doctors are paid and how the government pays them and how those policies affect private payers as well. That's been a longstanding concern from the AMA, but it's something that they're connecting as well to these other issues in the pandemic. 
And you touched on a couple things I want to follow up on or, or ask a little more on. Are there like specific steps that Ehrenfeld has proposed that might be looking at improving telehealth or reducing the stigma around mental health care? And for the physician side, looking at like physician burnout, which is a huge issue we saw over the pandemic. I think right now, one of the big strategies is being in the room with lawmakers, with policymakers to talk about these things and to bring up these issues to people in Washington that out in the rest of the country, a lot of healthcare professionals are struggling because of the pandemic, because of circumstances that were existing leading up to the pandemic and only got worse over recent years and trying to explain what solutions they think are going to work going forward. Yeah. So sort of like reducing that backseat driver presence that he described to you previously and making it maybe so that lawmakers don't feel like they need to backseat drive or more like partners and giving directions to doctors, but letting them carry it out themselves. Do you think that's right? Yeah, certainly. I mean, there's a big emphasis on letting doctors do what they think is best and across issues, whether that's quality measures or payment amounts. It's something that physicians and physicians groups do. They're constantly in conversation with lawmakers and policymakers about what is fair and what is best for American healthcare. So healthcare is definitely one of those fields where I think it's really easy to be pessimistic about the future. But I'm wondering if you can explain to us what sort of was driving Ehrenfeld's optimism when you spoke with him. He pointed to a lot of areas of compromise that we don't necessarily hear a lot about. Our focus isn't on the small steps of progress that seem a bit easier and have a broader consensus. But he's pointing to those as reasons for hope that solutions can come up and can be agreed to and can improve healthcare, particularly post-pandemic, when we've learned a lot of things about providing care, about the system more broadly. Something that Ernfeld brought up was that trust in an individual's personal physician has held steady for a long time. And it's something that he believes in that the AMA has really focused on. So even in this age of misinformation, disinformation, confusion, concern about how public health officials are messaging, he's pointing back to that relationship, that patient-doctor relationship as the center of good medicine and really what we can count on going forward. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for sharing some of your reporting with us. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Catherine. Jacek Olchak, the CEO of Philip Morris International, one of the largest global tobacco companies, thinks that cigarettes are a thing of the past. If you're still interested in old technology, you should only see this in a museum. I caught up with Olchak, who gave me his perspective on the current state of nicotine product regulation and the future of the market. So in order to turn Philip Morris into a smoke-free company, it has to go market by market. What is not really working, despite the fact of the presence and standing of FDA in a society, in a public in the U.S., doesn't clarify these misperceptions, misconceptions about how this product are better than the cigarettes, right? So you have all this confusion around the nicotine. And here, I believe FDA should have or could have done a better job, because at the end of the day, if smokers don't know whether this makes sense for them to take an effort and instead of uh, continue smoking a cigarette, move to this product. I mean, the consumers will be not fully committed, will not trial the product, will try and uh, come back. You can also have a growing multi-use or poly-use of the products when they try a little bit alternative products, but majority of the consumption is coming from a combustible product. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. 
Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese is our senior producer. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Catherine Ellen Foley. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.